They always say, you remember your first time. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Angels, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. My name is Daniel Garcia, and I am the new host here at Locked On Angels. And before we get to know too much about myself, just wanted to say today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, like I said, my name is Daniel Garcia. I am the new host here at Locked On Angels. And I am an Angel fan just like you. I live in Southern California, lived in Southern California my whole life. When it came to baseball games, my parents took me to Angel Stadium. That's probably because it was the closest to where we lived. Them not necessarily being huge sports fans just took me to the closest stadium, and it was Angels. And from that point on, I have grown to love the team, grown to love the sport, and have really enjoyed following the team you know, really kind of hardcore for the last, uh, you know, six, seven years where you're following the minor leagues, you're looking at the free agency market, you're seeing who's coming up to be a free agent, you're like looking ahead, like that kind of stuff, you know, I really started getting into that probably the last five or six years. And I'm hoping to bring that passion and that knowledge here uh, to Locked On Angels. And I'm always the type of person that loves conversation, loves to talk to people, love to get interact with people. So with that being said, the Monday morning mailbag tradition continues. And of course, you know, we will tweet out at our Twitter, Locked on Angels, Sunday or during the weekend, uh, asking everyone to send questions about stuff that's in the news with the Angels, stuff that is going on in baseball. Uh, we'll try to answer it here. I'll try to answer it here as much as I can uh, on your Monday podcast. So that's exactly what this is, is going to be right now. And for my first time, I'm, I'm excited to do this. Uh, still a little kind of iffy of how this thing's all working. So hopefully as time goes, I get better with this. You allow me to get that time to get better at this. And I'll keep on working as long as you guys keep on listening. So we'll get to uh, the first question right here. And again, you can send us questions at our Twitter at LockedOnAngels or also at our Instagram or my Instagram Halo underscore Haven, the fan group I run with my buddy Chris. And if you have been following my path, so to speak, to get to here, you know exactly what that is. Fan group Halo underscore Haven on Instagram. Any questions there? Any questions at the Locked On Angels Twitter? We will look at them both. I'll try to answer as much as I can. Uh, first one comes from, and this is on Twitter, at Invasion of Mikes on Twitter. And his question says, with the focus... With the Angels focusing their money on signing free agent pitchers, what's your thoughts on the starting shortstop position? Would they consider bringing back Simmons to sure up the defense with how he left the Halos? So obviously, going back just a tad, if you do not remember, Simmons in the shortened COVID season left the Angels early. I believe it was around two weeks early. And... Uh, there was a lot of rumors going around at the time about him quitting on the team and how can he leave with only like two weeks left. Fast forward during that offseason come out that the COVID season really did, you know, take a toll on Simmons and for the mental health purposes, why he left early when he did. So I don't necessarily think 
as far as his situation when he left the Halos, I don't think any of that kind of stuff is going to be held against him if he does come back. So the shortstop position is going to be really interesting just because of the fact that the shortstop position last year with um, Jose Iglesias, and if you go to, and I always like to kind of look at more than just the offensive numbers, especially when it comes to some of these infielder types, but Jose Iglesias, according to uh, FieldingBible.com, he had a negative 22 uh, defensive runs saved, which is last among qualifying shortstops. So obviously not good at all. It seemed to show up at the worst times as far as when errors would occur, costing Angels runs, costing Angels extra at-bats, and then end up leading that into runs. With Angleton Simmons, obviously Angel fans know him well. Obviously Angel fans uh, liked when he was with the Halos. You kind of already know what you're going to get with him offensively. Not the biggest bat, not the most consistent bat, but a guy that I believe last season hit around like 230 to 245 off the top of my head. But like I said, not a guy that is going to absolutely kill the ball or going to you know, hit you 25 home runs. He's just not that guy. But defensively, even at his 31-year-old age, he was second by, again, FieldingBible.com with 15 runs saved just behind Carlos Correa, the probably the top free agent still available out there whenever this lockout ends. So that would be a really good option for the Angels to think at shortstop would be Anderson Simmons. The only question I have about that is the contract. How much money is he going to want to spend? How much, or the Angels are going to want to spend? How much is he going to be offered, and how much does he want? Does he want a one-year deal? Does he want a two-year deal? What is Simmons looking for? And I guess if all things were being equal, Simmons would fit perfectly in that shortstop position for the Angels for one or two years. Let some of these minor league guys build up a little bit more, and maybe he can be that bridge there, and you can keep Fletcher at playing at a Gold Glove caliber second base, and that would really sure up your uh infield defense the one thing i will say about this about simmons and it scared me a lot when he had his last year at uh with the angels and that is it seemed like a lot of times he relied not relied but he he thought he could make plays that he probably shouldn't have tried and it cost him here and there that's the one thing i get worried about is that him trying a little too hard he's a great fielder great position player without having to do all the extra stuff. It seemed like sometimes he tried to do those extra things and got himself into trouble, whether throwing the ball away, not fielding it quickly, or trying to field it too quickly and bobbling it. So Anderson Simmons, I think, would be a, a, a upgrade at shortstop defensively for sure, and you'll be able to keep you know, David Fletcher there at second base, and you would have, a, I believe, a really good, uh, really good infielder, really good defensive core to that team so we're going to get into more questions about the angels right after this this is the time of year where i pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions but not this year i'm sticking to my resolutions to eat right thanks to built bar have you tried the puffs if you haven't you're missing out puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they are covered in 100% chocolate. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. 
compared to candy bars, which usually are around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to keep stock on all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seamless intimidating questionings and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer that has access to rockauto.com at home and even in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So back to our Monday mailbag again. You can tweet us at Locked On Angels at Twitter or on Instagram. If you go up to Halo underscore Haven on Instagram, there will be a post there also, and you can write your questions in the comments. So this one's coming from Twitter from Big League Chewing at Chewing Cast. Who leads off for the Angels opening day? Marsh, Upton, Fletcher. I like that question, and I think to that leadoff role isn't what you're typically or historically would think of a a slap hitter guy that runs down fast and gets on the base and is worried about on base and batting average more than anything else. I think now you can honestly put Marsh at that leadoff spot and he has the power to go deep. He has the speed to beat out an infield single. And then if you're just also playing it with the lineup, having you know trout otani rendon those guys behind him will obviously help his pitch selection which he already is doing a really good job as far as um seeing the ball as far as a strike uh, zone recognition and picking up balls and getting walks so i do like marsh to be uh i guess leader in the clubhouse right now as the leadoff batter for when the season does come around, I think that is a very good um, chance we see that. And I think he will flourish there. I think he would do a really good job there. Again, he's really fast, so he's going to have opportunities to beat out infield base hits. He'd be able to steal bases, um, but yet still have power to uh, get extra base hits or even home runs when the time presents itself. And like I mentioned, leadoff, leadoff batters aren't looked at like they were historically 10, 15 years ago. You know, technically, you're only guaranteed to be the leadoff hitter once in a game, and that's at the very beginning of the game. After that, you know, your your number one hitter could be hitting, you know, third or second or sixth in, in, in that inning, and 
you never have the opportunity to be a, a quote-unquote leadoff guy again throughout the game. So I like Brandon there. I think he do a lot of damage there. I think he's looking to make you know more progression in his uh, in his at bats this season. Hopefully, he only gets better from that. Another question we have from uh, at homie or Halo underscore homie on Twitter. Would you like to see MLB reline its divisions? I believe it would create some great rivalries. Thanks. Um, you know what? And that's a really interesting thing too, because of the fact that uh, MLB sitting at thirty game, thirty teams, obviously. And I don't think it's not unknown. I think it's pretty well, pretty well known that Major League Baseball wants to get up to thirty-two teams, and they want to get up to thirty-two teams once the issues with Oakland and the issues with Tampa Bay are resolved as far as their stadiums. So once those two are resolved, and I think Oakland just took a major step forward as far as staying in Oakland, but once those two issues are resolved, I think they want to put 32, get 32 teams, so two, two teams somewhere else, probably I'm guessing one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. And you'll hear Vegas, you'll hear Portland, you'll hear, hear Memphis, you'll hear um, you know, some other places back East. And when that happens with 32 teams, I guess the biggest question now, is it going to be, um, you know, eight total divisions, four on each side of four teams, or vice versa? Is it only going to, is it going to be like four of eight? So it's going to be really interesting to see how it will be realigned. I think having a, a DH in both leagues now helps that out. So now you can kind of mix and match. For example, if there's going to be four teams in the league, and again, historically, Historic, like old school baseball fans aren't going to like this, but you could very easily see an Angels, Dodgers, Padres, and, you know, Arizona, or if it goes to Vegas, Vegas four-team division, you know, something a little more clustered. But, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out when they get 32 teams. They can mix and match. They can move things around. They can, you know... I think a lot of old school fans are not going to like it. I think a lot of old school fans are going to poo-poo it. But I know baseball wants to get to 32 teams. I know that um, they want to have the 16 teams in the AL, 16 teams in the NL, so you don't have to worry about kind of the odd scheduling. So I think there's obviously a very good chance of them realigning. I I really hope they kind of do. It's kind of shake it up a little bit. Um because I think it would be fun to see the Dodgers more often. I think it would be fun to see the Padres more often. They're, they're so close to where Angel Stadium is. They're so close to um, this fan base. To make more trips down to Petco Park would be so much fun. And if you've ever been down there, it's a great stadium. So if the Angels were to play there more than like twice or three times a year, I think it would be awesome for the fans uh, who, like myself, have family down there and you can have a little family um Little family bets here and there, which would be a lot of fun. Next question is from Double O Dudes on Twitter. Do you think the lockout will have any monetary impact on Otani's next contract? I do not. I think Otani already set the bar pretty high with his MVP season. Now, we just have to see if Otani can continue that, if it's if he's physically able to do that and for how long i mentioned before on 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 my uh, my older podcast that you know i could see otani signing 
three, four year deals at a time, because the worst thing you can do as an angels front office is sign them to this mega seven, eight, nine year deal for being this phenomenal two way player. And then three years into it because of injuries or whatever, he's reduced now to a one way player. And now you're kind of overpaying for it. Even if he is a, you know, frontline starter, or if he is a, um, silver slugger MVP type hitter, you know, if you're going to pay for him for doing two things, you want to make sure he's going to do that for the length of the contract. And I think Otani knows that. I think Otani understands that what he does is special and that he gets paid for that. He's not going to get paid for um, pitching and hitting when, you know, he's just going to be a pitcher. So uh, I don't think this lockout has anything to do or it's going to have anything impact Otani's uh, contract at all. But, you know, it will be something that interesting to see as the lockout ends and and hopefully hopefully they start negotiating because Otani coming into you know his last year of his contract and one more year of arbitration you hope you don't have to get to that arbitration and you hope you're able to get a deal at some point during the season or at least the very end of next season because um you know, arbitration is not fun for anyone that has ever heard stories about it. It is definitely a mood killer and a, almost a relationship killer, too, when you have a team in there talking about what you do wrong and what you're not good at. So hopefully they can avoid all that. So we'll finish off these questions and a little bit more right after this. Football might be over with this season but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performing props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sporting scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, basketball, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online, where the game starts. And we are back. My next question is from Instagram. Again, you can also send us questions on Instagram at halo underscore haven in the post comment section. This one is from Sean Leto dot lone wolf poetry. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Should the expectations for the offense to be as high as, as I've heard when we are routinely pretty much the same group that seems to all fall into a slump at the same time? It seems one guy or guys, he's talking about Trout and Otani, are consistent, but the others go into prolonged hitting droughts. And I think that is baseball. Droughts are baseball. Hot streaks are baseball. Yeah, it does kind of seem like certain guys get into slumps all at the same time and seem to stay in it for a while. But looking at last year, especially, Trout missed a significant, significant amount of time. And when a bat like that is out of your lineup, that affects it one through nine. Um, and then you had the additions of, of Brandon Marsh and the, I guess the reintroduction of Joe Adele. These two young guys out on the outfield you see what Joe's power is. You can see the speed I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, the speed of Brandon. I think these two guys, if they're not traded, 
will be a big factor in this offense going forward. The the like youth movement, the ability to um, cause havoc on the bases, something that I believe the Angels outside of Trout and yeah, pretty much Otani haven't had a, a solid uh, stolen base threat. And I think Joe and I think Brandon bring that. Now, if you get those guys to develop, you have Rendon coming back from injury, which, you know, I have a question about that I'll get to in a little bit. But if he's able to produce, if he's able to get back to close to what he was with the Nationals, finally being healthy, the 2021 season for Rendon, in my eyes, was a total wash. He came out, said he had a hip thing during spring training, was never able to get that right, and it showed in his um, lack of production, I guess, at the plate. Now that he has surgery, now that he's had time to heal and hopefully come back 100%, hopefully you're able to get that production back there. You know, Upton, I think the Angels are stuck with Upton for another year or for most of the year at least. Um, He's probably going to be, again, your most streaky guy out of the whole lineup, I believe. He can crush the ball. He can get on some serious hot streaks where he can hit, you know, two or three home runs in a five-game span. Um, But he can also go on serious, serious slumps. But the way it looks as far as Brandon, Joe, Mike, those look like they're going to be your outfielders. Maybe now Upton is going to be the guy that is the fourth outfielder or even maybe just a um backup not even a backup i would say to otani's dh because otani dh a lot last year even the time where he was pitching so the spot where they use upton's gonna be really interesting but i don't think he's gonna get a lot of playing time so i don't think his his he would have a huge effect on this team but um like i was mentioning before i think there's a lot of things that can change with the lineup with guys just being healthy and i think if these guys come back healthy that's going to be a huge, huge factor for this offense. And I think this offense can't take off like we thought it was going to do last year. But again, because of injury, uh, it was just never able to get to that next level. Next question. Actually, they're both from two two people, but both kind of have the same question. First one's from Tom Duino. Um, haven't heard anything on the health and recovery of Rendon. Likely a major key for success in the 2022 Angel season, any updates? And honestly, that that hurts. The uh, the lockout hurts that part of fans and getting information. That there's reason why there hasn't been any updates because there hasn't been any communication between Rendon and the Angels. You know, I guess Rendon could technically put out his own like statement to say, "Oh, well, I'm 100 healthy. I'm ready to get back," or post him taking swings or taking grounders or whatever. Like Rendon can do that. But if you've seen Rendon enough, you kind of understand that he's not that type of guy that's going to put himself out there on social media and look at me, I'm doing this, or look at me, I took a you know a BP at this college, blah, blah, blah. So without him putting that information out there for us, there's no way for us to get it because there is, there's no communication between the Angels and, and the players right now because of the lockout. Which to me, there's three guys which I really, really wish I knew how their offseason was going coming back from injury. One, obviously, Mike Trout. Two, Rendon. And three, Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, we haven't heard anything from him or what his offseason recovery is. How is he feeling? Um, Obviously, at the end of last year, he got into a couple games. 
didn't look great. And so you're kind of hoping that it's not something that lingers over the this year. But out of those three guys, you know, you really wish you would have um, some kind of an update, some kind of uh, good feeling that these guys are going to be back and ready to go once the season starts. Um, same, Almost the same kind of question from Anna underscore Darlin, again, on Instagram at uh, Halo underscore Haven on, on Instagram. There will be a post. You can put the question in the comments. Um, updates on Rendon. I kind of talked about that. So, uh, so definitely updates on him. And are the Angels thinking of getting Fowler back? His career with the team was short-lived, so maybe have him finish his stint. I don't think so. I think that ship has sailed. Like I mentioned, you have to figure out what you're going to do with Upton. Upton's going to be on this team for the foreseeable future, going into his last year of his contract. Now, would it surprise me maybe if halfway through the year, if he doesn't produce, they maybe do an Albert and let him go? Perhaps. I was surprised they did it with Albert. So I kind of now feel like they'll do it with anybody. But we'll see how that plays out but i just don't see a spot for a fifth outfielder on the roster but again once the lockout ends and position players start moving again signings happening trades happen you know if if they do end up if the angels do end up trading you know marsh or adele for a pitcher there is going to be a, a need for a, another outfielder does he make an appearance then i'm not sure and again, too, you always have to ask yourself, how much is it going to cost? You have two outfielders right now, and Joe and Brandon, where they are really, really cheap, and you would think they're going to outperform their 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 contract being, you know, within those before pre them being pre arb. So you kind of want to hold on to them for that factor too, because they're going to outperform their contract. But yeah, I just honestly, I don't think Fowler comes back. I think there's a lot of parts that need to be moved first before something like that can happen. I just don't see that happening, um, happening now. Unfortunately, that he, yeah, he wasn't able to have a season with the Angels for the most part. Uh, was it Dayton, Florida, or Dunedin, Florida, whatever it's called, really did the Angels in on that trip, and he was one of the casualties with that torn ACL. So that's unfortunate. Um, we got one more question here, and it's simple, and it's from at Halos Jam. When do you see this lockout ending? And that's going to also kind of lead us into what's going on this week. Not only for us here at Locked On, but in Major League Baseball. Tuesday, the owners and the players are supposed to be meeting again. But the difference is, the difference is it has come out and they have said they are willing to meet daily for this upcoming week up to that. I guess imaginary deadline the owners put out there to say that we need to get a job, uh, a deal done by this time if we want to have a full season. And I believe that's the 28th of February is that deadline they put out there. So the good news is they're moving along, or at least they're saying they're going to move along and get more meetings, meetings uh, in a short period of time. It has almost felt like I'm sure everyone's been to a, a, a game where the first like three innings really drag because of pitching changes and, you know, stuff like that delays. And it just feels like, man, we've been at this game forever and there's nothing's really happened. Now, hopefully with this week coming up, it's going to be like a game where, you know, three up, three down, you're flying through quick. Next thing you know, you look up and you're in the seventh inning. That's where my hopes is with the meetings coming up this week uh, with the owners and the players. 
I still think there will be 162. And I think at the very, very like worst case scenario, I'm not a worst case scenario type of person where it is all, you know, there's not going to be a season. We're only going to get 60 games again. I think worst case scenario, you probably will have somewhere between 155 and 150. And I think too, that's not bad. That still gives you enough length in a season to, to see what these teams really are, who these teams really are. But I, I, I'm still, I feel a little more confident with the news that they're going to meet every day this week, or supposed to at least. Um, we'll see if it happens. We'll see what comes out of it. That is definitely something that we will talk about on here when uh, our next podcast comes out on Wednesday. So um, that's going to wrap it up for this edition for Locked on Angels. And again, I am Dan Garcia. I'm your new host. I want to thank everyone out there for listening and uh, stick with me. Uh, I got a little little fine tuning to do here and there. I got a little uh, stuff like that to get used to this new format. I enjoy it. I enjoy listening to it as a fan. So to actually be able to be part of it is really exciting. Um, so I, 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 I'm trying to get into this. I'm trying to do, uh, do right by the show. Uh, be patient with me. I'll get this down. I promise. I promise. I promise. But like I said, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, like I mentioned. Hopefully, we'll have some news about the lockout, updates on the lockout, or anything like that. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Again, I am Dan Garcia. Thank you very much, and we'll see you Wednesday.